Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. This is The Material Podcast, episode number 344, recorded on January 26, 2022. Just to remind everybody what year we are in, actually. I am one of your hosts, Florence Zion, and I'm joined here by the other host, the OG, <laughs> Andy Anako. Hello, I'm definitely down with the streets. So I'm excited about <clears throat> what's coming up next. Sorry, but I'm a little bit now. I've this is unprofessional. I, I'm, I have to. I might have to clear my throat once or twice. Right before we recorded, <clears throat> I had an incredibly good sandwich. Okay, because I was I've been running kind of late, and so I I intended to eat like an hour or two ago, but I I couldn't. Uh, but see, this is the but it's I, I I'm proud of this sandwich because it is a great example of uh, failing successfully. So mm-hmm. it ha- it has been one of those weeks. So yesterday was one of those days where, like, um, uh, <clears throat> I'm sorry. I really am going <laughs> to to mute and clear my throat. Hang on. It's all right. <clears throat> <clears throat> I have never. Okay. <laughs> I have never heard Andy cough, by the way, in the years that we've been doing this podcast together until the recording that we are doing <laughs> at present. Right. Well, okay. So, so, so here's so here's what happened, and you you will appreciate that it was worth like having to clear my throat because this 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 is going to be too good a sandwich to like go go to waste. So, oh boy, here we go. Super busy yesterday. One of those days where like I, I normally I cook most of my meals in the sous vide. You know, you seal it in a in a vacuum bag, put it in the water. Mm-hmm. We I think we talked about this before. It's great for like people like me where it's like I can take like a fifteen minute break to just okay, I just something quick. I'll uh, I got a pork cutlet. I'll just drop a pork cutlet in this plastic bag, toss a few seasonings in it, seal it up, put it in the water in three hours. I'll come t- anywhere between 90 minutes to like three hours from now. I'll come back when I'm ready to eat and, and have it. Now, unfortunately, I was so busy yesterday that like my mind was on other things. And I've done this sort of procedure enough that like your mind goes on autopilot. And right. by the by the time I kind of looked down into this bag where I, I thought that I was just adding salt, pepper, like onion powder, just a couple of really quick things. Like, oh, you've actually put in like all the ingredients for like a marinade. So it, like, it, had, it had like molasses. It had like apple apple vinegar. It had uh, tom wow. yum powder. It had it had like all this stuff. And I'm looking at this. I'm looking at this, and I'm and I'm thinking, but I really, really wanted to just like th- uh, okay. And so I, so I realized that. I, I could still proceed with my normal plans. I could still seal this up, put it in the water bath, and like eat this in like ninety minutes to three hours from now, no problem. But the thing is, I have a marinade in there, and marinades are like good if you cook it right away. But if you just leave that meat in there for like overnight, especially in a vacuum bag, mm. oh my god! And I, I was so I'm looking at this thing. Oh, it would just be such a damn shame. It would be a crime against God and all that is right to like just use this as like one hour seasoning. So, <clears throat> so I put so I had to okay fine vacuum seal it put in the fridge and I had to like get a takeout sub like uh, from the place. So that's next not door. what you ate. So that's so not what you that, just. So so no no since it's always yesterday so so today <laughs> oh, I've been look, oh, oh, oh. I've I was actually like and I actually like bought like a, a really good brioche roll because uh, oh. I'm also I was also going to be too busy to do the full like okay vegetable and another two like two vegetable sides and blah 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 but like oh no I'm going to get a really good bakery roll I'm not going to have no mustard no cheese no nothing it's just going to be an oh my god the twenty twenty four hour marinade on any kind of white meat is just gonna solve all of your problems for the day and but yes yes i still have the problem of like i have to do a podcast and i've just wrapped i thought I'd, i thought i'd wrap up the show doc by like just before dinner time and now it's like a half hour before show time but i was able to slice it up get it on the roll and eat it at my desk and even eating at my desk oh my goodness even a, even a simple like just throw greens together marinade off the top of your head is going to be way way better than almost anything else you can come up with. So I'm I'm very very happy. I'm a little bit Flemish, but much much like the old master painters, yeah. I am a bit Flemish. But that this this will pass, and I will hopefully mute while I expectorate. Sorry, Jim. See, I was feeling bad because I too am Flemish, 
And not of the painting kind. And, but it's all because I ate a bunch of Valentine's candy because I, oh, I nice. put some in my target order. And anyway, <laughs> now we're here. So as I told Andy before we started recording, be right there. I'm just running a target order because it's Wednesday and the kid needs breakfast. Yep. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, actually, um, I, 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 had a, I had a problem like that where uh, Walmart.com, I found out like this is like a few weeks ago. Like hat was actually fully stocked on uh, uh, on uh, at home COVID tests, mm-hmm. and like it's kind of oh I, I need to I really should get some tests in, in the house, and they 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 tricked me into that thing where it was just to, uh, to get four tests it was just below like what qualified for free shipping all I needed was to add like six or seven dollars and so that was the only reason why I added. Like a family size bag of like nutter butter cookies and a family okay. size bag of Oreos, and the and the thing is like because I had not like been planning to order these cookies when it, uh, the 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 tests like it arrived in two shipments. The tests like arrived in like three weeks, but the cookies arrived almost immediately. And I didn't I had forgotten because this was not my plan. Like I'd forgotten that I ordered like two bags of cookies, and so this thing was just in a box. It was like in a pile of like boxes to be opened for like a week. And then at some point, like I'm just going through the house and I realize that I'm going I'm opening boxes. Ooh, wow! Why is there two bags of Oh, okay. So there's it, it's I did not have a game plan for having two bags of cookies in my house, and as a result, for two days I didn't I didn't eat the entire batch in two days. But I'm saying that. Like when you just suddenly, when the cookie fairy just simply deposits Nutter Butter cookies into your house, it's like I was not planning on eating two fistfuls of peanut butter, my favorite peanut butter cookies, but I think that's what's going to happen. Oh, Andy. This is why I have a plan. This is why I have to have a plan for cookies or else these things happen. There's, I I know. This is why I don't go into the store sometimes because I know I'll just spend, I'll go down those aisles and just add so many things to my cart that shouldn't be in there. Yeah. And tis the season for things that shouldn't be in your cart. Um, Speaking of things in the cart. So I think I mentioned on this podcast and elsewhere that I have taken on streaming at Gizmodo (laughs) as part of as one of my beats. Added to your burden. Yes. Mm -hmm. Well, it's a burden I'm happy to take on because as I mentioned, I am a professional TV watcher, so I might as well get paid. for the my pastime you know you know, uh, <laughs> you know to shift your butt on the sofa cushion periodically to avoid sores that's something that amateurs have the amateurs don't know to do i will be honest there is a divot in the couch of, of my seat <laughs> um we it, it's it's a thing in this house uh that is d- definitely the butt of jokes of where my butt sits often <laughs> um but anyway i did not change the main TV uh, streaming stick, but I have to expand upon my ecosystems that I have in the house, right? I can't like just be in the Google ecosystem all the time, every day. I need to kind of go out of my horizons there. So I think, I think I remember the full name of it. I installed one of the fire TV sticks. Okay. I'm trying to remember which one it is. I don't quite remember which one it is. I think it's one of the newest ones that came out like last October. And um, it's my first foray into the Fire TV ecosystem. So Mm -hmm. I'm like very new to it. And yes, I will be writing about it. But in the the interim, (laughs) I had to set it up. So setting it up last night so that I could like, because I had all these towels to fold and it's so boring. (laughs) And getting all my accounts set up on there. And I have to say, because we talk a lot about streaming on here, I think I might like the Fire TV OS a little more than Google TV. Right. I don't know yet. I think I do. This is, I, I'm just waffling it could, on it. It, it, could be, it could be the novelty. You're, you're right. So you're mm-hmm. going gonna to hang in there, but that's interesting. And I put it, so I put it on the bedroom TV, so my TV habits up there skew more towards, like, the binge watching than the prestige TV as we do on the living room TV. So Hmm. it's going to be an interesting journey. I just wanted to share that that's, that's what 
am I barking on? Eventually I have to grab a Roku at some point as yeah. well and get myself into that ecosystem somehow. And um, but, but does that, it's interesting. But does that, does that throw you at all? Because like uh, you talk, I mean, talk about muscle memory. Like when I sit down to watch TV, I have already started to deactivate higher cognitive processes. I love and TV. So, TV, you know, it lets like, you do this. This as, is why it exists. As Homer Simpson has said so correctly about alcohol, TV is the cause of and solution to so many of our problems. But it's like if if I if I have to wait if I have to think about oh wait this is the Apple TV interface not the Google TV interface oh wait no I'm on the Nvidia Shield which is kind of like Google TV but not quite so mm-hmm. do you have, there's there's no like gears grinding as you shift paradigms. Oh, there's a lot of gears grinding, but then I got YouTube TV on there and I was like, okay, oh, this is familiar. I feel comfortable because YouTube TV is like that security blanket. You know, that's where a majority of my DVR lives. So it's like, okay. And then I got Paramount on there and I was like, all right, I'm okay. Yeah, this is where I'm at. 90210. You're right. Okay. This is great. Um, It's, I added, uh, what I added Pluto TV on there as well. So yeah, we'll, we'll live with it live with it and see how it manifests, how it fits in. So I, I will report back. Um, I did want to, Andy, because you and I have a shared love of Columbo. <laughs> I did want to bring up, you know, in the vein of talking about streaming that uh, my husband has been flirting with the idea of us starting a new show. Okay. <laughs> I, I know it's it's a commitment. It's it's not like buying a house, but it's still one of those like couples decisions. Well, it's because this is what we're going to be watching like around Mona, and right. you know, it's it's to keep to keep us busy. And I think we're going to start watching Magnum PI. Okay, I know, I know. It's a Donald Belisario's production. I, I I can't disapprove. You can't. Okay, I. I don't know how to feel about this yet either. So just like the fire TV situation, I don't know how to feel about this. All I know is apparently we're craving some new mystery murder investigative situation. I could, you know what it's um, you're, you're catching Tom Selleck at his peak before he like turned into like a conservative, like, See, I don't know Gun. anything about him actually. Yeah, he, he, Whereas he, I know a lot about like the you know '90s, 2000 stars. Like he's 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 not terrible. He's just, he, he's not terrible. He he was a spokesperson for the NRA. Um, my my. <laughs> oh, I actually didn't know that. Yeah. My, <laughs> see, my big complaint about him is that he is he is an example of one of those. I'm I'm serious. Deep deep paradoxes that like uh, uh, Alex Trebek was also in this category where. He's making mm. he's making money hand over fist with Jeopardy. Okay, he's gonna he's he he, he uh, 10, 20 years ago you knew that he would be a rich man doing Jeopardy until the end of his life, and of course that proved to be absolutely true. So you're asking why is he doing commercials for like term life insurance and all these like fly by night <laughs> enterprises that are financial enterprises that. that are there to like fleece people who like don't like to think about like financial stuff. So Tom Selleck, I think has been over the past five or six years, been doing uh, commercials for uh, reverse mortgages, which is like the worst thing ever. And I'm like, dude, I mean, even if you blew all of your Magnum PI money, okay. I don't think you did, but even if you did, okay, you're, you're, you're on that blue blood series. You're doing other stuff. It's like, how desperate can you be to do a reverse mortgage commercial? So that's the, so that's, that's why I try to, uh, in my mind, there's young Tom Selleck. And then like, he went away. He, 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 he stopped acting. He like married, decided to give Hollywood a whole pass. And then this new actor who realized that, Oh, well, Tom Selleck, is that that name is now no longer like being used. So I can use that as my, that was actually my birth name. I was going to have to change my actor name for the union because it was already a Tom Selleck in the union. But now that like that guy who was going by Tom Selleck, I can actually use the Tom Selleck name. And of course I'm not going to be him at all. That's what I, in my mind, I have to, I have to separate the sort of, because what I liked about Magnum PI was that yes, he was a, was in the eighties, probably still is a damn good looking guy. And he's the he he wears a mustache in the way that 
incorrectly convinces men that maybe they would also look good in mustaches. This is how the mustache <laughs> virus propagates. It finds that one out of 800 people that looks damn good in a mustache. And that's when other dopes think, oh, well, maybe I would look as good as that. Oh. No, you're, if you're not Tom Solid. But it, it was, I, I like the combination of he's like damn good looking, but like the character of Thomas Magnum was not arrogant at all. He was definitely like, very, very humble, very, very down on his luck. Okay. Very, very used to like I'm not gonna I'm not gonna wind up very I'm I'm basically freeloading at like a friend of mine's estate on in Hawaii. Yes, I'm driving a Ferrari, but it's not my my Ferrari. I was gonna say <laughs> how does he have a Ferrari on right, that exactly. salary? And and it and it also the nice thing is that this is why like I I I, I dropped the Bel- Belisarius name. They would it was a your, it was your 80s like uh, detective like action show but however they were absolutely not afraid to like in the writer's room like when they it seems as though when they got the first draft of the script said you know what there is an opportunity for a moment here in act two to have like how would how would a vietnam veteran who is having troubles like reintegrating himself into main society after several tours of duty like how would he react to this would he kind of withdraw a little bit would he do something that the would not be terribly heroic and they, it was able to add some complexity to it they, they did an entire episode in which uh i still remember it where uh uh he's a he, he's a you know taking some exercise, doing his usual like daily kayak, like in, in the harbor or whatever. He gets sideswiped by like this tourist in a, like a speedboat. He's not hurt, but like he's like thrown off the, he's thrown off the thing and pulled out to sea and he has to like tread water for like 24 hours, like before he's rescued. And so this is like, how does he dig down and like find the, find the will to like continue to tread water and do stuff like that. It's not about, Oh no sharks. Oh no. There's communist like frogmen who are attacking me with spears. It's more like he goes like into his own mind and into his own past, which I thought was even as a kid, like, wow, that is, you don't, a show like Magnum PI does not have to like be that complicated emotionally. They had, they had, they had many easier opportunities they could have pursued, but, and I was impressed that they decided to go that way. So no, I think, I think that, and while also being lighthearted and doing things like, you know what, Frank Sinatra is actually affordable at this point in his career and he hasn't acted in a while. Let's like have him come on for a few episodes as a, oh. as, a as a detective from the mainland. Oh, now I can't wait. Yeah. So it's oh, good stuff. I'm I think, excited. I, I, I think, I think you're in for a good time. It's no Columbo. Yes. But I think you're in for a good time. There's no other Columbo. The resonance, like the uh, the link that I have with Columbo is is unlike anything out there. <laughs> but, you know, sometimes it's it's time to branch out and try something new, just exactly. like we are with the Fire TV. So, <laughs> <laughs> Well, we do have a show full of Google right now, happening right now. Um, first, we're going to talk a little bit about... <laughs> We're going to talk a lot about how Google is bravely withdrawing a browser privacy standard that privacy advocates hated and browser makers refused to support. Oh, Google, it's <laughs> so hard for you to do. It so turn, many people it, it protesting. Turns out that if, if you put the writing on the wall right in front of them, eventually they will say, you know what? That's significant. Perhaps that should affect yeah. our decision. It's like that balloon guy forward. who makes those balloon memes. <laughs> uh, also, Google has created a new executive VP position in charge of technology and society who reports directly to Sundar Pichai. We'll tell you why that was on our radar. And there have been so many Google hardware rumors this month that Andy and I felt, you know what? <laughs> it's time for a roundup. So let's do it. Let's go. Let's do some roundups. Indeed. Do you want more Google traffic? Maybe you're struggling to rank and not sure what to do about it. And the idea of hiring an SEO agency might be outside your budget. Your solution is Hrefs Webmaster Tools and is free. The best part is this isn't a 14-day free trial offer. It's just free. And it's a super powerful tool that'll do a full website audit for you and keep working for you. It'll scan your site and prioritize precisely what you need to fix to improve your search results. So you can see which keywords your pages are ranking for, understand how Google sees your content, and discover how making changes can blow up your traffic, which could do a lot for your business. It's time you started getting Google to work for your business. 
Go to hrefs.com slash webmaster hyphen tools to get the free tool now, or click the link in the show notes. That's hrefs.com, A-H-R-E-F-S dot com slash webmaster hyphen tools. Our thanks to Hrefs for their support of material and all of Relay FM. Well, if you've been paying attention to Google's cookie crumbles, then you might know what we're talking about when we're talking about Flock. We're not talking about a flock of birds, but of course, the name Flock, F-L-O-C, does kind of, it's a fun little play on on an acronym <laughs> to, to, you know, a flock of data. I don't know. I'm trying really hard here to explain this in like a... A normal way. Um, federated learning of cohorts. Yes, just the federated the learning tongues. of cohorts. Exactly. That's what, you know, that's what flock is supposed to mean. So last year, you might remember that Google had proposed this flock method. It was basically a more privacy-oriented method of targeting ads to us, the users. And what it was going to do, it was going to use on-device learning to place you and your usage habits among a cohort of other users with similar demographics and interests without exposing your individual identity to those ad networks. So it was something that was supposed to be, I guess, privacy-centric. The basic idea is that Google is like trying to kill third-party ad tracking and so this is why they have like a privacy. A, a, they're they're referring to this block of Chrome as basically a, a privacy hub, so to speak, and things they put inside that hub to make these things work. It's it's weird. It's it's nice because like Google doesn't make money, doesn't make eighty percent of its money unless they have an ad network. And the the question is always going to be: Are they prom- are they promoting these ideas because they genuinely see the writing on the wall that? People are finding these invasive third-party trackers distasteful and offensive, and they want to come up with something better that still makes ad uh, advertising work. Or do they simply want to take advantage of the fact that Chrome is like eighty percent of every what is their what is their market share? Something like eighty-two percent, eighty-three percent, like ungodly high. So they can basically dictate whatever they want as a as a as a as a, as a tracking standard that works for Google's ad network, but screws over Facebook's ad network and everybody else's. So there's not a whole lot of trust. <laughs> this is not something you, when you, when you talk about, when I talk about like how I trust certain companies, it's like, I, oh, I, I trust companies a lot until it comes to something that like they actually make money off of. So like, oh yes, I, I absolutely trust Apple with my private, with my, my, my private data. Like, oh, uh, my ability to upgrade and hard. Oh no, I don't trust them to protect that. <laughs> And Google is like, it's like there's a, there's a disconnect between the more privacy like Google lets me have while using their products, the less money they have. So maybe I don't trust them completely. Well, neither did the Electronic Frontier Foundation, the Mozilla Foundation, and the EU. They all dogpiled against Flock almost immediately, and all the competing browsers announced their refusal to support the standard. So if you don't have the rest of the industry logging on, then they're... <laughs> kind of uh, diminishes the whole point of what you're trying to accomplish. So Google scrapped the whole idea, which is what the new announcement of Topics is all about. So the Topics API is going to replace the flock. And this is going to be populated by let's see, our learning and widespread community feedback from our earlier flock trials. So the work that was done will not is was not for naught. It was just going to be rolled into this new Topics API. Now, what Topics does is it keeps the idea of empowering the browser to determine your interests based on your browsing history, while not allowing that browsing history to be seen outside of the browser. So, like a self-contained sandbox tracker, it just tracks you inside the sandbox. Once you're out of the sandbox, you're free to roam. <laughs> Possibly. Um, you, <laughs> I noticed Andy was looking to, was doing something. No, I see. So I, 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 said, I, said the G wor- I said the G world, G word enough time that the smart speaker, like in yeah. uh, nearby, d- decided was, was struggling to figure out, like, what can I possibly interpret this as? And they interpreted it as, I know, I'll play some music. And, and so I had to, like, bark at it to please don't do that anymore. <laughs> Well, Andy, if you're interested in seeing what some of those topics are in the Topics API, 
Uh, it turns out that some of them are really generalized. <laughs> so, uh, for instance, let's say you're into, okay, let's just say you're into mm, Magic the Gathering. Maybe, possibly. The Topics API would categorize that as maybe strategy games. Or maybe you're looking up some things on why toddlers are always in a bad mood around 6 p.m. every evening. And so the Topics <laughs> to, API to pick something would go, <laughs> yeah, the Topics API would go, well, maybe you're into early childhood education. <laughs> <laughs> maybe you're into alcohol. <laughs> Also a possibility. White Claw, hard cider. <laughs> suddenly uh, pop up. <laughs> can I tell you, by the way, I tried those because I was like, oh, I should maybe go back to having like a drink at night. And half half of one of those cans gives me a headache. Anyway, <laughs> if you want to see the complete list of this topics, uh, these topics, you can actually check them out at GitHub. Currently, there are only 351 of them, which makes me wonder just how generalized this topic list is yeah it's kind of interesting like there is it's it kind of reminds me of like back when i used to use usenet where mm. it's like there's okay there's arts and entertainment but then there's like slash tv shows and programs slash tv comedies tv documentary nonfiction, tv dramas that would be magnum pi oh then tv dramas slash tv soap operas so they're like one two three four five six seven like subcategories under TV sh arts entertainment slash TV shows and programs. So it's, I, mm, it's like clearly like they just posted this today. I'm sorry, two days ago, according to the commit latest commit. So I don't know whether they're proposing that it's always going to be a slim streamlined list, or this is just what they came up with to begin with. And if, when we look back up, when we look on this a year from now, there's going to be like thousands and thousands and thousands, like, mm. you know, Slash, 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 skincare products that Andy Anatko would possibly be interested in. Like, okay, that's a little too specific. Hmm. Well, Andy, uh, I got a lotion for you if you ever want a really nice facial moisturizer. Um, Always. Now, <laughs> now, apparently the Topics API assigns one and only one of these labels to describe your interests during a given week. So I think this is how it's supposed to keep it from purely identifying you. And then after three weeks, the old topics are deleted. The sites you visit can see the three topics for each of the past three, three weeks, and that's it. So it's just going to serve you based on that categorization, based on what I'm understanding is your last three weeks of use. So I guess if one week I was having like, I don't know, I was just following a, a, a crazed tickle to go find out about some new cult, then I imagine <laughs> the week of my cult research following the week of my looking at, I don't know, organic diapers would somehow couple me into whatever category, but not enough to, ident to identify me as Florence Ion, the woman who so-and-so-and-so-and-so. Like that's the general idea I yeah. think of this. The, the, the thing, the thing they're keeping from flock is that it's that rather than any website being able to deposit a, or excuse me, any marketing around network, being able to just deposit a cookie and identify you and develop its own profile of you based on God knows what going back. God knows when that no, all they can find out about you is that here is a here are the topics that you were interested in one, two, three over the past three weeks and one week, one per week, not just a hundred of them. And you don't get to know who this person is, or excuse me, <laughs> if you're going to figure out who this person is, you're not going to get it from this, like, uh, the, the, this new topics API or through depositing third-party cookies, which once again is something that Google wants Chrome to like not accept or not, uh, not make work. And uh, okay, we'll see how it works. I guess I don't, the thing is like, this is, there's just so much money involved and there's absolutely zero regulation stopping, like giving actual consequences against these marketing teams and marketing networks for mm. like collecting this information that mm. they will find, they will find ways to do it. I mean, if they're, if they're going to be able to simply, there, there are all kinds of papers, research papers on different biometrics, biometrics alone saying I can figure out by your typing speed and your typing habits. Like, that's that's a piece of data I can tell by where does the mouse go and how fast does it go. That's another me. piece of data. I mean, they've moved way beyond 
just getting a uh, what, what what's the screen size what's the processor and what other apps are loaded in it's like uh, this 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 is why like i'm really hoping for some sort of federal level law that says that look your private information belongs to you you can lease it out uh, as an explicit agreement to certain organizations on a time on a time limited uh, basis but this belongs to you and it cannot be taken from you uh, without serious serious damn consequences you know the thing that sort of frustrates me is that i don't know how to explain this to the people in my life of why it's super important to care about that level of control over your data because we were talking about this um in our recording of gadgets which is the podcast i do over on gizmodo and um i you know we were just talking about the fact that a lot of people don't actually care that they're giving this data over to be marketed to. Like a lot of people might actually see that as a positive upside. Oh, well, I would love to have products that are perfectly tuned to my needs and that's great. I, I'm still, yeah, I'm still struggling with that. I feel like I need to learn. I need to learn a little more how to have this conversation with, um, with maybe people who aren't usually thinking about that. Because I think about it every day. Yeah, you're right. I'm, I'm I'm in the same position. I'm sure a lot of a lot of our listeners are in the same position. Where a lot of this is based on principle and based on knowing how bad things can get and how bad the things we don't know about uh, are going to get. And it's hard to put that across without sounding like you're just super super paranoid. But like the next time, the the gosh, the next time that you're, you find it, wow, why is it really, really hard for me to get a car loan, even though my credit score is pretty high, or why am I keep getting turned down for, for jobs? And you don't know exactly why, because it seemed as though it was a slam dunk, but you find out that whoever it was who was responsible for giving the thumbs up or thumbs down had a piece of really dodgy software installed. They're, they're going, they're using this piece of so- this piece of software subscribing this thing oh just let us know what this person name person's name is what their social media handle is and we will give you a detailed report on whether they're trustworthy whether they're good for this job based on metrics that we've never ever ever tried about but we we detect so much data from so much of this this person's individual behavior online that we can tell you whether they're going to be stealing post-it notes or whether they're going to be doing 100 hours a week beyond above and beyond what we were actually being paid to do and that's the sort of stuff that's really really crunchy but they but and i'm also with you that the the problem is that the biggest problem like my biggest source of stress on instagram is when it really does like put in my feed like an ad that wow that really does look like exactly the sort of notebook that i would really like to have because it'll fit the sort of notebooks like sketchbooks that i like to use as a pouch for the pen has pouch for but i don't want to i don't want to give i don't want to give the facebook admin the satisfaction of knowing that i actually like (laughs) i actually clicked on the ad let alone like did a google search for that product so i kind of have to like I have to I have to launch like a, my, my Tor browser, like the maximum privacy to find out like where can I get get, get information about this because I don't want to I don't want it to know that it has that kind of influence on me. I should be grateful, but on principle, like I don't want you to know that you that your system worked. Yeah, that's just like the wildest thing because the thing that that has worked on me, for instance, there's definitely some sort of marriage between Instagram and the shopping apps that I use because I will be on Nordstrom Rack. You know, they'll send me a little notification in the morning. This brand you like is 60% off today. I'll go and I'll do a little surfing through to see what's in there. And then I'll go to Instagram. And the first ad it serves me is that exact landing page of the sweater that I was looking at in the app. (laughs) And I will be honest that several times it has resulted in a purchase from me. Because it made me rethink about that thing. So I could be like, oh, well, I have $30 in the bank. Like I could, <laughs> I could buy myself this blouse. Like that, I could do that. And I, but I also wish, uh, I don't know, maybe as individuals, we, do be, we need to become more cognizant of the way that social media like traps us in these patterns. But that's like a whole conversation yeah. aside from this. Uh. <laughs> yeah just in, in principle it's like uh what's I, I i'm not one of those stupid like dude bros who's like 
dude, I, I, I read, I read Sun Tzu's The Art of War at age 11, and that was my Bible, dude. But the, the, the one line, one line that has always stuck with me that I've never actually read it, but one line from it is like, oh, we just on principle, deny your, deny your enemy access to information just as a rule of, th- just as an ongoing rule. That's like, if art markers are my enemy, I just need to just on principle, deny them information as much as I can. It's like you, you, the, the, like the, the first thing I download, like when I, yes, the first thing I download when I set up a new computer is, is Chrome. But the second thing I download is the U block origin <laughs> uh, plugin because Correct. oh my god it's like such a d- night and day like a browser with it with ad blocking and tracking blocking and without it is like wow i feel as though i'm <laughs> i feel as though like a, a swimming pool that's clean and beautiful and neat and has all the mm. chemistry correct and then when you the, when you're at that other hotel where oh they don't have a regular pool guy do they i'm not getting in there i'm not getting in there <laughs> It's true. There's something a little off-putting about a pool filled with leaves and branches and twigs and wasps. The the carcasses of wasps. I hate that part. And you know, and you know that there's like things growing on the sides that would not be growing if it were a chemically inhabitable uninhabitable environment. It's like Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't, I don't want to get a rash of some kind and then have to worry about where that rash came from. I've got (laughs) enough problems in my life. Give me Clorox water. Uh, <laughs> it, it, it is it is very reassuring when <laughs> you realize. Ooh, my, it smells my, like my, my eyes are burning just a little bit. Good. I'm not gonna. I'm, <laughs> I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna have to like get, to go to my doctor like a month from now and hope that he or she believes me when I say that. No, 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 no. Uh, I have not been engaged. No, no. I just went. I was. <laughs> this is the pool. <laughs> I price lined a motel. It was a bad choice. I went for the. Cho- I was on a budget. I decided to use the hot tub. That was also a bad choice. Anyway, uh, <laughs> great memories of burning eyes. Before we go to our next break, a little bit of news just from the Google hiring front. So Google, I thought this was interesting. I found, I just saw this link come through. Google's new senior VP will explore technology's impact on society. Interesting. So they've hired their first senior vice president of technology and society, James Manika, who will report directly to Alphabet CEO Sundar Pichai. Um, a Google spokesperson told Protocol that Benika's role works on shaping and sharing, quote unquote, the company's view on the way tech affects society, the economy, and the planet. Geez, that's a big job. His areas <laughs> of focus include the future of work, sustainability, and the impact of AI. Find that interesting, just considering what's been going on behind the scenes in the AI division over at Google. <laughs> um, Manika has spent 28 years at the McKinsey Global Institute, most recently as its chairman and director. McKinsey is a research and policy institute that examines the evolution of global economy and its effects on business, work, and society, among other issues. Business, work, and society, and then other issues. <laughs> um, <laughs> Sorry. Like like like, mo- like most think tanks, it's like they you really can't like pin them down. You go to the website, so okay. So what is your policy statement? We do lots of things, okay, such as wonderful things like for whom interested organizations and individuals. Like <laughs> oh god, you're trying you're trying to figure out how to make like a fruit roll up bar that will survive nuclear winter for for, for aren't you? <laughs> Like no no we're we're also trying to figure out how to how to how, how, uh, no it's like it's like they they do they it's a huge institute they do a whole bunch of things but a lot of them are basically a lot of, a lot of the work they do is about here is how the global economy is going to affect certain social issues both both on the basis of what those social issues are for very good reasons for very good altruistic reasons and also but also like how sustainable is this how much can the system take so be me how how long can you how long can you abuse society before before the revolution comes and you will no longer be able to you'll you'll be you'll be again like in a ditch (laughs) covered in petrol on fire grimace emoji face well we don't know a lot about james menyika but we do know that he's the past and present holder of multiple research fellowships at worldwide institutions and he served on government committees on wide-ranging economic and social issues so he has a pedigree of sorts 
Uh, and I would expect no less from somebody at this level. Yeah. No, he's uh, I, I've I've spent like an hour, hour and a half tonight, like looking at this, looking at this person's history and like the research papers he's published. And like I like I, I almost like trying to figure out like how to how could I understand like what his life has been like. And it's like all I can say is, dude, your brain is like way better than mine. Like he, he's like he, he's been like he's uh, he's like had uh, research and teaching fellowships at Oxford at MIT. Uh, he's been he was appointed by Obama to uh, a bunch of different committees uh, to uh, uh, on basically oh global outreach, global uh, uh, global economy. He has written very very key papers on uh, uh, the social impacts of technology. He, it's like this is and also he's he's on many many different uh, uh, boards many many different uh, uh government and private boards and the the piece of the, the 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 i guess the thing that i can take away immediately is that he has had a long long career doing incredibly deep and influential and serious things and he does not seem like the per- kind of person who would see an appointment to a, a senior vice president, even a senior vice presidency at Google reporting directly to the CEO of Alphabet as a step up as, oh my God, I finally made it more like this is an opportunity to do interesting, to do more of my work, but in, on, a, on a different level. It He definitely, absolutely 100% uh, uh, impresses me as someone who would not take this job unless it was absolutely and absolutely hardcore writing that look i'm not here to like put a good face on like whatever your latest kerfuffle is i'm not here to say oh look how this look this very important person that we've got to join the board who's overseeing our stuff i'm sure he would not have taken this job unless he had actual power to do if he if there's something that he sees that he feels needs doing or an opportunity to do stuff unless he had the power to actually make that happen so i mean we had the we because we, we've been through this a couple of times before where the uh, uh where google makes a makes a uh a, a critical a very very impressive hire uh, like an ethical mm-hmm. ai uh, mm. Like Dr. Tim Nickeberu, where her, mm. her hiring her as like the head of ethics in, in their AI division was the sort of thing that gets other AI researchers interested in working for Google. Because my goodness, this is that means you're really really serious. But it clearly it became very very clear that no, they weren't going to let her make any changes or have any influence upon the the direction of the company. And it you you wind up feeling as though you know they kind of spit in your soup there. So this does not look like that kind of hiring at all. He, uh, this is a, uh, Manika seems like the person who has mu- doesn't have a whole lot of free time on his hands to waste on purely mm. ceremonial duties. So this could be a very, very interesting evol- evolution for, for Google. I hope we shall wait and see. <laughs> I, but I, but my God, I, I just feel, I just feel like even, uh, even on like, uh, even on the Simpsons, not one of the smart people who live in Springfield, Springfield. Mm. That's how, that's what it made me feel like reading like his papers and reading like just his CV. Like, oh wow, that's wow, ooh wow, and he did. Oh wow, I was <laughs> I was kind of really really proud of that. I, I, and you know, tonight I was really proud that I let that piece of pork marinate for a day for a day, thinking that that was a smart thing for me to do. I guess <laughs> different different goals, different capabilities. <laughs> In, in my defense, it was a really, really great sandwich. <laughs> uh, well, let's take a quick little break, and when we get back, we can we can just be leaky loose. Look into the crystal ball. <laughs> well, I do apologize because I kind of spilled the beans on this last week in gauging Andy in conversation about the possible return of Google Glass. I know we kind of talked, touched upon it a little bit in the last episode. And it feels like since we are going to be talking about some of the rumors that have come out about what's next from Google's camp, that we should start off with the AR glasses that are supposedly uh, going to ship in maybe 2024, which is two years from now. I mean, will anybody... The idea that augmented reality has such a hold on society that we'll still be uttering it in two years is an interesting thought yeah. because it's struggled for so long. 
it just feels like a, a solution in search of a problem. It seems uh, like the yeah. sort of thing where unless unless like if, the metaverse, yeah. I, I, oh God, yeah, twice <laughs> like it's see, it's uh, augmented reality is like for hardware what NFTs are for like blockchain almost. It's like yeah, yeah, okay, it's definitely a thing. It's definitely a thing you can be hired to do. Some people are making money <laughs> off of this thing, but what actually is it, and how people how are people going to use it? It's it's like it it really does feel like um if you're a big enough company that you can put any sort of a research product into the pipeline that you can because you've got that much money and that much humanity smart smart humanity working for you that i i google doesn't want to be shown up by apple and meta and all these other companies they want to prove that oh we can do yeah we're we're doing augmented reality glasses too we're not just the and the ability to hire engineers who kind of want to work on that sort of thing because i it it all seems so vague, doesn't it? Because none none of these. Uh, oftentimes, you'll see you'll hear rumors where there's an actual like projected ship date, and with this, all the rumors that we've heard uh, like last week about AR glasses, like they're hoping to maybe have something in twenty twenty four. Like that, you, you just see how high the voice gets at the end. Like uh, maybe. A really quick recap of what that rumor was or leak or, well, okay, The Verge, they reported last week that Google's augmented reality headset was codenamed Project Iris, uh, supposedly looks like a pair of ski goggles in its current prototype form. It doesn't need to be tethered to a phone. It runs Android, naturally, for now. Also, because, you know, we keep talking about this like supposed secret OS that's being worked on. Um, but it does require a connection to the internet so that the graphics can be rendered in the cloud, which again, it's all very on brand for Google. Uh, the other thing is that the cameras use outward face, that the goggles use outward facing cameras to deliver the AR experience, as opposed to allowing the user to see the real world directly through clear lenses, as in the case of like the, I think the Microsoft HoloLens does that, or, or am I thinking of the Magic Leap? Both of them I don't quite remember which one, both of them do, but either way. I can't help but feel like the whole reason this is even in the ether right now is because of Apple. Yeah. Because if people are like, oh, my God, Apple's doing this, you got to have some of those other fang companies come out of the woodworks. Excuse me, mang. <laughs> don't, you, don't, you, you, don't, you, you don't have to feel inferior, Google. I mean, your, your self-driving car is probably way, way better than Apple's. Okay. Let's just say, let's just put that out there. It's so good, it's driving nobody around the streets of San Francisco. There you go. <laughs> what more do you need to know? Um, what more do we need to know about the folding pixel, Andy? Ooh, it's feeling more and more real. We're getting, we're getting, well, I'll, I'll put it this way. Is it you, feeling real to you? It's feeling I'm more real in that okay. we're getting, we're, I'm, we're getting like the caliber of like information despite the lack of an announcement that I would associate with something that's actually happening, like particularly, particularly like, uh, as usual, the, uh, current builds of Android 12 L have been cracked open. And apparently they found like graphics for like definitions of form factors for an upcoming, like Google, uh, Google folding phone, uh, with a form factor that seems like, whereas the pixel fold this kind of like tall and lean, this one is kind of more squat and squat and compact, actually kind of like better proportion, like a book rather than a checkbook. Mm. Um, they also have uh, their sources. They're, they're telling nine to five uh, Google that they're going to be a lot less expensive than the fold coming in at around $1,400. A, a lot of specifics, like here's what the camera system is going to be like. It's going to be more like the five a rather than the, the pixel six. Makes sense. Yeah. That, uh, that they're still trying to get this out by the end of the year. There's, they also the, uh, they're they're betting on nine to five Google is mostly the source of all the stuff and they're they're betting on the name Pixel Notepad Notepad as the uh, as the actual product name. The thing is, it's unlike the AR headset. This is something that can actually be built because we know that people have actually built these things. And the idea we know that Google there's got to be a reason why they're doing uh, Android 12L as opposed to hey we've added some stuff in the stock Android that makes it more more flexible for working with different screen arrangements like no if they were coming out with their own foldable they would probably want to have their own like 
fork not that we call it a fork but their own hey look we're calling this something else entirely to, to distinguish it from basic stock android 12 that's being distributed like to everybody so i and also this okay maybe also a little bit of wish fulfillment because i i certainly will not have 1400 dollars at the end of the year to spend on a folding pixel phone but i really really like the idea of like the the form factor of, of folding phones moving forward and <laughs> I think I think I think that Google could uh, Google's like folding phone would be wonderful af- after three or four months after its usual three four or five rounds of bug fixes. <laughs> yeah, but it's also making me think that you know maybe now is not the best time to jump on. I don't yeah. know. Maybe I maybe I shouldn't. Maybe I shouldn't put out put that out into the world in case somebody's really hinging on that. But to be quite frank, I wasn't expecting folding phones to even get this far in my, in, in the, at this point in time of my life, yeah. let's say. So it's an unexpected surprise. I not sure how I feel about the branding of a name like pixel notepad. It doesn't exactly roll off the tongue. Yeah. So, Ooh, what's that notepad you got there? Like, you know, it's. It, it, hmm. 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 Well, I guess we'll have to wait and notepad? see. Woo. Yeah, Mr. exactly. Fancy pants, yeah. I guess we'll have to wait and see. Uh, up next in the rumor corral, and this is something that, speaking of streaming earlier, might. Um, this is something that's very interesting. It kind of shows how. How. Uh, seriously Google is about establishing itself in the streaming realm. I mean, not like that wasn't already apparent. So protocol. So actually let me back this up a little bit before we get into what protocol reported on. Um, Last week, nine to five Google had posted something about a Chromecast like HD. So that kind of started the rumor mill, but then this week protocol claimed to have details of a cheaper Google TV powered Chromecast dongle Thanks, as usual, to a source with close knowledge of the company's plans, of course. (laughs) The new hardware is codenamed Boreal, kind of like Borealis, just to think. But unlike the current $50 model, which is the one you can buy in the Google Store right now, this new hardware would be limited to the standard 1080 HD instead of 4K at a maximum frame rate of 60 frames per second. I do think it's interesting as an aside that one of the one of the things i read is that this would have support for the AT1 standard yeah which was google's it, google spearheading that like open source video codec initiative it's essentially what it is um and this standard is something that tends to be used in like the low end streaming devices that are out there and so it makes sense that Google would want something like this at this price tier. This would probably be, I would say, $30 cheaper, between yeah. $20 and $30 cheaper. So it'd be about as expensive, let's say expensive, quote unquote, as like a Walmart streaming dongle, which the on-brand has, you know, they have their Google TV, Android TV brands. Roku has... um models in that price range. Amazon Fire TV has models in that price range. So the, the market, the market they're going after isn't like people like you or me. It's people who mm-hmm. have old TV sets and they just want to add YouTube and Netflix and Hulu to it. And so they don't, they don't care about 4k. They don't care about H- HDR. Uh, they, they don't even, they probably hopefully don't even care about having lots of apps on it. The, the one thing about part of the rumor that kind of raised my eyebrow was that they, there's that the rumors are saying that it's going to have just two gigabytes of like onboard storage, which is wow. I, I, I've got, again, I've got a, I've got a $50 Chromecast with Google TV in the bedroom. It's not like I'm using it as like a streaming computer or anything like that. I really am just using it for watching TV in the bedroom and eight gigabytes is I am bumping my head on the ceiling of that because we no longer are living in a YouTube, Netflix, Hulu world anymore. Everybody has their own streaming platform here. And there was those apps just getting bigger and bigger and bigger. So mm-hmm. I, I really think that two gigs is going to say pick four, maybe five streaming apps to put on there, which maybe, I would even say pick two or three. Yeah. 
it's like okay we'll see how, I, that works. how fast it's just a rumor. this is gonna be have you used andy have you used the new android tv it's not quite google tv it's just yeah. like updated it's still very slow it's not yeah it's not very streamlined and i i worry about i worry about these things yeah I mean, are, are people gonna have a real crappy experience with it like it's it's nice to save 20 bucks but and for and for for a certain market that's a really important 20 bucks that's the difference between even if they can afford the extra 20 or not it's like i don't they don't have 50 dollars worth of interest in adding streaming to an old tv they have 30 dollars worth of interest or 20 dollars worth of interest exactly and um i'm also just thinking about the on streaming stick that i was using in the tv before i switched it out to the fire stick and it when that thing is slow it's just like come on <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> that's a new device so i don't know this is this is going to be interesting i i will be exploring it so don't worry it's not a rock that will go unturned <laughs> um i think we should round this up with the last bit of pixel news that we're getting into here so first of all a date for the pixel watch we are thinking at this point well, by we, I mean John Prosser, is claiming that the Pixel Watch will be released on Thursday, May 26th, which is a very specific day. Yeah, that, that's that's putting your neck right on the line. That's like, you, will, you will either be correct or incorrect. It's not first quarter 2022. Right before Memorial Day, too. I don't know. Is that? Yeah, and it's, it's interesting because we're thinking, I mean, that's right around Google I.O., but that's probably a week after google io like two weeks after yeah. yeah which we which we assume is going to be remote and is going to be network uh, excuse me uh, live streamed anyway as opposed to in person maybe maybe it indicates that shipments will start shipping out pre-orders will start during google io and it'll start shipping on a thursday if, that's one way that that could make sense by the way i do think uh in my heart of hearts that they're going to do a hybrid event this year because they have okay. all that outdoor space that's just my that's just my like True. personal inkling that they're gonna try and do a partial and they can outdoor. Have, yeah, and they, they they can also they can also have vaccine requirements and show off. Oh, look how well Google Wallet does with like uh, digital uh, digital vaccine passports. Mm. Yeah. Well. Anyway, we'll wait and see on that anyway. one. But that's but that, I, I will I will say that this is kind of exciting because this is the Pixel Watch. It there's so much information that's been floating around for the past year. John Prosser started out a year ago, roughly almost to the date to, to the week. They, he had uh, he had information about the Pixel Six and the Pixel Watch, accompanied with high resolution. I think he commissioned his own renders, but here is like what it's going to look like. And the Pixel Six was spot on. The rest the, the other stuff he said about the Pixel Six was spot on. So, which kind of makes me want to think that it really was set up to launch at the same time as the Pixel 6, but reasons happened to delay it. But it looks beautiful. It looks like a premium like watch. It looks like it could have been, if, if Apple had designed a round Apple watch, this could be what it looks like. Very bezel-less, very, very sleek, replaceable bands. Uh, not No Qualcomm chip, basically its own Google Silicon. So... Yeah, this could be exciting. This I've said before that I have like one hundred and ten dollars worth of Google Store credit because of my uh, buying my buying the Pixel Six Pro, and I've got that earmarked towards uh, towards a, a Pixel Watch because if they do come out with one, and it's not, and it's, it seems like they're not just trying to do like a fitness tracker, but they're trying to do something that learns from all the lessons, good and bad, from the past five or six years of uh, uh, of Wear OS. Eh, that could be very tempting. I have a theory that I like to put out in the ether, and this will segue us into our last uh, rumor of the mill, which is that I feel like Google I.O. is going to be a economical launch point. I don't know what I was trying to say there. I'm trying to say that Google is going to launch a bunch of budget devices at the same time. Mm. That's what I was trying to say. <laughs> because, um, yeah, the last leak that we're ending on is the Pixel 6a a leaker called Max Jambor, who I am new to, is claiming that the traditional mid-season budget edition of the flagship Pixel will be released in May. Uh, it was released later the last year, but that's because of all this COVID yeah. situation. So 
Usually it comes out during Google I.O. Previous previous rumors have said 6.2 inch display with a 60 hertz refresh rate, but a really big battery on the inside. Tensor chip so the new phone can have some of the same tricks as some of the pixels that are out, as well as a camera system that's similar to that of the 5A not the Pixel 6. So still a very capable phone, but again, at that like budget price point. Mm. I'm just assuming, theorizing, whatever, that the Pixel Watch would be like that because I feel like, why why wouldn't Google just leave it to Samsung to cater to, you know, a fitness-centric crowd kind of situation? I don't know, but mm. eh, there's Fitbit. Ugh, it can go either way. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, that was just me thinking out loud at this point. <laughs> well, that's the that's the fun part of rumors. You could think out loud, and you're you're not, you're not technically wrong because it's these other it's these other people who've stuck their necks out. It's like, oh, I've I've got sources that don't want me to be named. Like we then then when they when it turns out not to be true, we can wag their fingers because we're not the ones who like passed along something that we heard. <laughs> That, and we we all hear things, and it's like, okay, well, that would be interesting if it were true. But I'm not. Well, I don't have the courage to say maybe maybe there'll be a new Pixel Watch in May. Here's the specific date that I heard once. I wonder if there's like a good parable about the town gossip. I don't know. Oh, apparently, when you duck 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 go for that, by the way, for a parable about a gossip, you get a lot of Bible study pages. That makes <laughs> sense. Anyway. Slight digression. So that's, you know, it's it's an exciting time to be an Android slash Google user, just in terms of new stuff that's coming out. But uh, I am just, I'm just not, how shall I say this? For some reason, this last launch of the Pixel devices just didn't like stir up the same kind of fanaticism and passion in me as like the years have before and i'm curious if this is going to do anything for me (laughs) yeah i'm i'm just hoping that they don't step on a rake again this year it's like it would be i I think that the uh, i think that uh, google has definitely solidified its reputation as they will never get the first release of the hardware right it's going to take a couple of months of hardware firmware updates before it gets fixed the hardware they've they've solved the hardware problems it's not going to be bad hardware but it's going to take a few months oh but oh by the way side note to my to my relief google is like now officially on the bug tracker aware of the problem of having external dacs uh, external all the audio dacs mm. on the pixel 6 and they promise a fix sometime by the summer okay nice vague enough but at least i won't at least i'll be able to use this thing but it's but it's so I'm I'm glad that they have a real flagship phone. Okay, that's nice. It'd be nice for them to have an actual watch. And if they were to actually create, if 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 they were to surprise people and have a foldable phone that makes sense, that is actually affordable, that doesn't cost as much as a mid-range to premium laptop, that would be pretty exciting. <laughs> that that that's that's the thing that always I I I acknowledge that as a freelance journalist, I. I there, there I, I have never had a certain level of income that will allow me to access a certain mindset. Again, I'm not I'm not criticizing this mindset. It's like there are times I have to remind myself that okay, the Apple headphones cost 500 bucks, but there are a lot of people who can who will have like two or three pairs of headphones and two or three pairs of very expensive headphones, and it doesn't they don't mind that it costs like two or three hundred dollars more than what some arguably comparable headphones cost i can maybe there's part of that going on here but i can i can never get my head head wrapped around the idea of okay 18 1900 dollars you can either have this really really good by no means bottom bottom end like macbook or this really really good infringing upon premium end windows notebook or you could have this folding phone that samsung doesn't isn't really sure how to make correctly like, which do you want well no no the cameras actually kind of suck compared to the one that costs like six seven eight hundred dollars less i <laughs> like, don't know andy they just announced that they're having an event yeah. february 9 we'll see it's that's it's officially it's officially the start of the smartphone year like the cycle and until until they have the pixel full excuse me the, the samsung galaxy fold a <laughs> <laughs> it'll, it'll, be, it'll be a very, very special sort of product in my mind. 
Um, careful now. They do have their A series. They could do some economical like folding devices and just watch now. Oh my fold, goodness! You can fold it, but only once, and you can't unfold it. Hmm. <laughs> Well, Andy, I'm glad we got through that. Um, it was important for us to discuss all these things. <laughs> it's because it's 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 the end of January, and it's never a pleasant time for anybody. It's like eleven more months to go. Yeah, but it's, it's like again, you're, it's the it's the time of year where you. Uh, uh, speaking for myself, I mean, for 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 the for the entire United States of America. Like it's the first time you start to notice that wow, it's five PM and there's still some light out. That's nice. But it's still like in New England, it's okay, it's it's winter with a lowercase W, but winter with the uppercase W is about to start. So get ready, mm. get ready for February. It's gonna be it's gonna be lighter. It's it's gonna be more light out earlier in the afternoon, but that's gonna give you more time to shovel and salt the walk. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Well, Andy, um, before we go, uh, you know, are you up to radio this week? I was gonna, but I, fortunately I got bumped because a really wonderful ah. like local show, uh, New Englanders will recognize the show Chronicle on WCVB having its 40th anniversary of like the local like 730 to 8 p.m. news program, like news social current events wow. like local events program which is which is amazing like a, a lot of you in this uh, who, are, who are listening right now are like my god there's like actual local programming on in boston like on a on, on a network station from 7 38 it's not like yet another like whatever judge judy knockoff that they could afford and was still available for that time slot like yes indeed so again i i i, I hate to be benched but I I will I will gladly put my put my time aside for Chronicle. It's a lovely show. I have many childhood memories of main streets and back roads. Well, thank you, Andy. Then I guess we will we will hear you next week. Or you can always go to the website and hear Andy's past archives. Indeed, wgbhnews.org. Mm-hmm. You will find Andy. You will find me. As for uh, myself, I mentioned earlier that I do a podcast for Gizmodo called Gadgets. You can check us out. We publish um, every Thursday and you can hear more about what I'm doing over there over from that podcast. As for those of you listening right now, if you'd like to support us further... You can go to relay.fm slash material to find out more information about how to become a member of Relay FM. You get lots of perks, including bonus episodes from us, as well as just other perks from the other podcasts here on the network. We do appreciate everyone who is a sustaining member. We really love you. Thank you. Kisses. So much that we give you a whisper. Um, and you can also, by the way, you can always email Andy and I at materialpodcast at gmail.com or you can tweet at us on Twitter. We are at Anotco. That's Andy. And I am at oh, that Flow. if you'd like to find us. I think, Andy, that spells the end of this week's Material Podcast. I've certainly run out of things to say. Well, thank you, Andy. Thank you for everything. <laughs> And yes. thank you to our editor, Jim. And thank you to you, dear listener. Until next week. And I'm serious. Marinate, bag, 24 hours. That's a, if that's my if that's my my most important message from this episode. Marinate, bag, 24 hours. You'll you'll be thanking me later.